Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor and professional wrestling fan. How you doing? What's going on? I'm ready to go. I'm fired up to record this episode. As this episode drops, I am on vacation. I'm getting a little time away. I'm not exiting from the hobby. You, If you've been listening to Stacking Slabs for quite some time, you know my getaways involve sports cards. And I will be tuned in. I'm just getting the recordings in a little earlier than before and dropping them so the train keeps moving because stacking slabs is something that I want to keep consistent and is something that I want to make sure drops and all of my amazing listeners can check it out each and every Wednesday and Friday. It's all about consistency, baby. And I'm fired up to be delivering this. I am taking some time off, getting a little mental brain break, been running really freaking hard over the last six months. It's America's birthday. Let's celebrate that. Let's uh, take some time away with the family, get uh, ready for this new baby to come here in a, you know, a few months. Um, it's a wild time in my life, but you know what? At the center of it, I've got an escape, and that escape is a wonderful thing. It is sports cards, baby, and I am fired up. There's so much to talk about on this episode, so much ground to cover, and we're just getting started. So I think one thing I certainly want to talk about is just my reaction to the golden stuff. I'm not going to necessarily provide commentary on the ins and outs. I'm just going to kind of zoom out and let you know as a participant and an observer of the hobby, here are the things that I've been monitoring and I've been seeing And just as a business person and a fan of business, um, some of the observations that I'm making in trying to understand the reason why this acquisition took place when it did. So we're going to cover that. We're going to cover many other topics. I think one thing that I want to call out is just feedback. I have been getting so much amazing feedback from the Stacking Slabs Nation about the shows, the content, what's happening, um, people I don't know, people I don't interact with regularly, sliding into my DMs, saying what's up, saying thanks, saying you know that that I'm providing them a perspective that is different than other people, and it's valuable, and that's the point. That's the objective. There are no traps. There are no hooks. Um, this is real. This is authentic. This is straight from the heart. Because I'm, I care, I'm passionate, and I like doing this. I like connecting with the community of people in the sports card arena. And Stacking Slabs is a, a vehicle for me to do that. So I love that. I love the feedback. Please keep it coming. Even some negative feedback too sometimes. And it is what it is. And if you're willing to um, give me a comment or whatever, I'm going to engage. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to, that, that to me is, is valuable. It's learning. I I get to understand what people are thinking, what people are saying. So I value and I try to show my appreciation for other people and platforms and ideas in the content space. Um, And I really appreciate people who do that 
to me and my show. So I want to thank you from the top. Um, I want to just say how thrilled I am. The clock is ticking to the national. A lot of people are looking towards that event. Uh, I'm certainly am. We'll talk a little bit about that, uh, but let's just jump right in. So I think a really important topic that I addressed last week directly and indirectly was just what it means to be a collector. So I, I talked about it up front on the weekly rip. If you're not signed up, please do. Link in the bio. It's free every Friday in your inbox. Some just thoughts that are on my mind that are extensions of this show. Uh, it was issue 18. And because it was issue 18, it triggered uh, Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning um, being a obviously my favorite athlete of all time and perspective there collecting his cards. Um, and what that has done just in my evolution as a participant in the hobby. Then we segued into a conversation with Josh and Chris from the Car Ladder team. Thank you for all the feedback on that one. I had a blast doing that. Hopefully, we maybe can do that regularly. I think the feedback was has been very strong on that episode so far. And, um, you know, they're hobby friends of mine. So uh, maybe that's something that we can we can make happen more often. I had fun. Sounds like you had fun. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what we can do there. But I think one of the things in connecting these moments where I'm writing this newsletter, then I have a conversation with Josh and Chris, I think one of the big things that that stood out to me just as I zoomed out was, you know, you've got a mentality that we all take when we are participating in the hobby. And it's really centered around two things. Primarily, there are Certainly other factors that come into place, but two primary things that really stand out are just the fandom and just the passion that we have for sports and sports cards and the players that are on those cards and the teams and uh, the sports, and you can just go down the list, and then the finance and the financial component. So I guess first, just to like address the finance component first. So I think like when we think about sports cards, and I think one of the biggest appealing factors of why we collect sports cards is because there, even though it's unregulated, even though there's no sanctions, there is a market around our activity. So I guess eBay is is the center of truth for the most part, um, whether we love it or not. But that's kind of the home base where most of the tra transaction take place. We gather the data from eBay. The data from eBay gets put in through API calls to platforms like Card Ladder, we can see how the market is moving from a day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year basis. I think there's a lot of commentary and coverage on these prices, the ups, the downs, what cards, are, are, what cards and players are going up, what cards and players are going down. There is this element of the hobby that has just been a core foundational focus, and that is prospecting and prospecting into rookies. And it makes sense because every year there's new product that comes out and every year in that product, there's rookies. And we as a society and as human beings love the idea of upside and love the idea of potential. So as participants in the hobby and as fans of the financial component, we take risks each and every year because we put on our GM cap we act like we're sports scouts for a little bit and we speculate and we speculate on the players that we think are going to 
have big and bright careers and we buy their cards and then their cards go up when they do that. Well, a big piece of that is gambling because we're not scouts and we, we are taking risks. And if you look down the track record, each and every draft class, I don't even know, like six to eight months ago, I talked about this on an episode, you know, very rare that past the three-year mark, more than, you know, three, maybe four guys in each class really stand out and are considered hobby relevance. So in this interim period, we're trying to figure out if someone is legit or not. And I think you can just take a look at, um, let's say here, 2018, 2019, okay? So obviously, look, Luca and Trey, they, they have stood out and stood the, the test of time in that class. But then you look at uh, other p- players like, you know, Shea, uh, Gilders Alexander, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. The hobby, there's a tension towards those players, and the, they're very hobby relevant. But there's still this uncertainty based on a multitude of factors, whether it's location of player, a la Shea, or injury history and is what we saw in the playoffs what we're going to get with Michael Porter Jr. That the jury is still out a little bit, I guess, on some of these guys. So knowing that inevitably uh, a Trey and Luca, they will, I can confidently say we can pass them along, wipe our hands of those two players and say, yep, if we're looking at investing and collecting long-term in players that are young right now that are going to be probably relevant for the foreseeable future. There's a lot of check marks on those two players. I think maybe Trey was a little more up in the air, but based on what we've seen this playoffs, I think it's, it's safe to say that Trey young is legitimate. Trey young is someone who has a collector base and there's a lot left for Trey young and Luca. I don't even need to go into it. He's the hobby darling. So in this interim period, where we are, you know, holding these players, we're speculating a little bit, and also we're trying to figure out, is it time to move these players? Or do we lack confidence? Do we want to pass on that lack of confidence to other people, even if it means giving up some of the investment that we put in on the front end? These are questions that we ask ourselves. Um, or do we hold because we do have confidence and we're already in so deep on this? At the end of the day, it's gambling, and but at, and at the end of the day, like the focus is on the financial component of eventually selling these players. So that is all good, fine and well, and we need that in order for the market to move. I was having a conversation off the record about the just hobby and how it's structured and it works, and I think one thing is is like, Flippers, for the most part, have, I think, maybe a little bit of a negative connotation. However, we really need flippers in the hobby because a lot of the times we as collectors collect these cards and we have no intention to sell them. So by it getting in the hands of a flipper, flippers allow the market to move and flippers allow cards to be seen and end up in other people's collections. If it were all just collectors all of the time, I likely would never see any Peyton Manning cards that I'm chasing right now. And I'm probably not going to say them on the show because you know what? There's probably a lot of other people out chasing those cards too. 
So I think when we think about the financial component, we got to think about the personas. We got to think deeply about what each and every participant does. And that's very, very important. But what's most important, in my opinion, is fandom, right? The guys and gals on these pieces of cardboards, are they in the hearts and minds of us as we're spending significant money and buying these cards? And do we have that emotional connection? Is it from past memories? Is it from somebody who's somebody currently on your squad? Is it someone who's going to be on your team? It's buying these players at whatever the cost is and attaching ourselves to them because there's something about them that is deep in the hearts and minds of us as a collector. My primary focus in my collection right now, outside of wrestling cards, are Colts quarterbacks, past and present. Why? Because the Colts are my team. I'm a season ticket holder. My world revolves around the Indianapolis Colts for the most part. So my money that I'm putting into the hobby is likely outside of wrestling cards. That's a whole nother segment, but it's likely going to go towards Indianapolis Colts quarterbacks because no matter what happens on the financial side of the table, I, I'm buying those because I'm attached to them. They are, my, my fandom is taking over and I'll be damned. They all go down in price to a fourth of what I paid for them. It will suck, but I'm not going to jump off a cliff because they're giving me that utility value of ownership and me saying, you know what, I can tell future generations about these players and share those stories. One example that I always turn to that I love is my man G from The Luca Show. He wrote an article in the Basketball Card Fanatic, and it was about his investment in Luka Doncic and the amount of money that his collection was worth substantially more than what he purchased them for. Well, then he had this moment of truth where he's looking at these cards, and it's like he's become such a fan of Luka that he can't bring himself to selling. That happens too, and I think that is really important. So. I just say this up front because I believe there needs to be some mindfulness about how we're operating and the direction we're pouring, pointing our finances and looking at our fandom. I'm not saying all of your finances should be focused on your fandom. I'm just saying be aware of it because it's, it's, it'll allow you to operate better and make decisions that'll probably make you happier and probably keep you in the hobby longer. So here's a little exercise. I, ha- I rarely ever give homework on the Stacking Slabs podcast, but a homework exercise that I'm going to give you right now is go up to your PC, wherever your PC may be, whether it's in a you know, upstairs, downstairs, in a safe, sitting on a table, just take some time, go up to your PC and do me a favor. I want you to take all of your cards Put them all out on a floor so they're all presented in front of you, okay? Now, ask yourself, look, go down the list of each individual card and say, is this a fan thing or is this a finance thing? Now, you're going to have two stacks. It's okay to have separate stacks. I promise you, by just identifying fandom and finance behind your own PC, it will help simplify some of what you're trying to do 
and will help you allow you to focus and elevate your activity quicker. At least it has for me. Let's talk about content creation in the hobby. I wrote about it last week in the weekly rip. Want to put a little punctuation point on this. There are different flavors and slices of hobby content for everyone. Yes, you might see someone say something, you might see somebody something produce something and you might say, "Uh, what are they doing?" Well, that's okay. Like it's just like when you turn on the TV, not every station you want to watch. Maybe you just watch like one or two stations because it has content that's for you. It's kind of how hobby content is. So I think personally, hobby content is a really good thing. Um, and a lot of the hobby content just needs to be better segmented and better ID'd to say, hey, this is hobby content for not everyone, but for people who are just getting back into the hobby, for people who like to rip packs, for people who just love to invest in cards. It starts to get twisted a little bit when it's this message of, hey, I've got a content platform and I'm, gonna, um, I'm going to uh, create this hobby content and this is for everyone. Like, I am very apparent up front. What do I say every episode? Is your hobby content alternative? The word alternative is very choice and it's very intentional. And I use that word because my intention with stacking slabs is not to be a show for everyone. My show is not for everyone. Some people, it's just not, we're not a good fit. And that's okay. They listen to my, come into my show once and say, not this guy, I can't stand this guy. This content is not for me. Fine. The feeling is mutual. But if you are on the other side and you're listening and you're gaining value and you understand that the way I'm talking is to share my evolution in the hobby and also to share uh, ways that I'm better operating in the hobby, and you, you take away one thing from each episode, then we're on the same team, and that's what I'm about. So I think, I think the, the thing that like, does not jive well with, it, with me, and this is where I, I, kinda, I take things a little serious, and I, I take things more serious because I dedicate my time to doing this because I love it, and there's a passion there. Um, and when I see other people doing what I'm doing, but have bad intentions, that's where I start to get pissed off because this is about cards. This is about education. This is about helping people out. It's a community and we are here to have fun. Things go sideways when creators are using manipulation to profit. And do you think we're fucking stupid? Like, that's what I want to know. Do you think we're fucking stupid and we can't see this happening? Like, it's apparent. It's evident. Like maybe, maybe like my red flags go up a little bit because I'm in marketing, digital marketing for a living, but come on. And I will say like, there are people and there are platforms on Instagram and on YouTube that call out bad actors. And I think, you know, I don't like to spend time in the negative. You should know that by now, if you're a longtime listener, the line is crossed when we've got new people coming into our hobby and they're being sucked in your just absurd sales funnel and you aren't there because you're trying to help. You're there because you're trying to profit. I'll be damned if I see that happen. And what I will say is that whether they know it or not, it's all about brand. It's all about reputation. And they might feel like they're high and mighty right now and untouchable, but they're going to go down. They will eventually go down 
and the cream always rises to the top. And that's why the collecting community is so damn strong. That's why this hobby has been the hobby for so long is for collectors, not people that are in here trying to manipulate others. So what do I have to say? I have to say, be vigilant, be cautious, and help your fellow brothers and sisters out. How about the collectors holding news? A lot of news there. Ken Golden, I'm just going to share my perspective on what I see, why I think it happened. And again, I don't know. I haven't talked to anyone. I don't know. I'm just sharing from a business perspective what I think is, is happening. So first and foremost, let's talk about Ken Golden. Let's talk about Golden Auctions. I just talked about brand. Brand and reputation matter more in this industry than probably most. And I will say this. Ken has been a mainstay and a face in the hobby forever. Okay? Like, go back in the hobby scribes. Ken Golden is there doing business, meeting with athletes, talking about collectibles. He's been a voice in this market for a very, very long time. He's built and developed relationships across the industry and outside of the industry. Every successful company needs a character. Okay? Ken is that. Ken is the character. He is the voice. Um, you can just across the board here. I'm thinking I you got you know Steve Jobs at Apple right now. Salesforce. You got Mark Benioff. Like these guys are prominent CEOs, chairmen, and these people have helped elevate the brand and reputation of their business and move it forward. I think you know before Steve Jobs passed, like it's undeniable the impact. The guy's got multiple films made after him. Like. I talk about him. He's a marketing genius. He's a savant. And so he changed the landscape of that company. That is what Ken has done for his company, Golden Auction. Uh, the other thing, too, is like Ken has ad adapted to the times, right? IG Live. Pop on IG Live. That's how he's communicating. Why? Because that's where everybody in the hobby is. That's where people are paying attention. And if he's trying to get his message out, he's doing it there. He understands that. You're not in business for as long as he's in business if you haven't built a solid reputation. So from the perspective of the powers that be at Collector's Holdings, that's a check. Brand and reputation, check as I'm assessing this opportunity. Another check, service. Ken has the access to the big and best cards in the hobby. Point blank. Look at what Golden Auctions has put up over the last, six to 12 months. It's uncanny. It's like, I get lost in looking at the listings. There's so many, but that's because the hobby has confidence that, hey, if I've got a big banger card in my collection that's been there for the last 20 years that I don't really want to sell, but my kids are going to college and I could sell this and it could help justify paying for college. Like that's a decision I got to make. People are sending that to Golden. They're sending it to Golden because he provides the service. He has the platform. And he's got the eyeballs. Check. Revenue. I, no, no idea what Golden's revenue is, but all you have to do is watch the success of his auctions to understand that there is reoccurring revenue that is coming from their business that's very strong and borderline um, absurd. Just crazy revenue. Like any business would love to have that revenue. If you, if you 
take a look back and just see what the bit kind of business they're doing and do the math. Okay, so then we've got a lot of checks. We've got service, revenue, reputation. Now let's look at like technology, okay? Maybe not the best technology, okay? We all understand that. I think I've heard Ken communicate and admit to it. That's where a big time investor coming in to acquire a business has the opportunity. They have the opportunity to use their subject matter expertise and discipline and financial capital to help fund new technology, new technology that's going to streamline the process, going to create a better user experience for all of us as hobby participants. People, having someone come in and buy golden auctions like this allows the company to add more people. Opportunity to add resources across the business helps the business scale, whether it's just U.S., or globally. I'm pretty sure it's globally based on the words Ken is using when he's communicating. So technology, more opportunity for that, more opportunity for adding new resources and new people. Now there's process and strategy we can begin to think about. Look at what they're doing and identify ways that we can make it better. Okay, so obviously when you've got a company that's coming in and pouring all this money in to acquire another business, there's a lot that they're doing right, but then there's a lot of opportunity to change. That's where you say, okay, let's relook at the process and strategy that our business is going to market with, and let's find opportunities where we can refine and refine for the greater good of the hobby. So that is my observation. That's my quick hits. That's what I'm seeing. That's why I'm excited. Say congratulations to Ken Golden. Any business person, maybe not anyone, but me. <laughs> I'll say me. Speaking for me. If I've built something from the ground up, the goal is to get acquired for a lot of the reasons that I just uh, recommended. I want to shout out Como Estas, Max and Shay, Hobby Update. They're going to be on the Friday episode of Stacking Slabs. Their show's fun. It is uh, lighthearted. I love the banter. Said, you know what? You've, you've both been on my show. I think a couple times now, but I was like, Let's do another tag team show. So we had Card Ladder team last week. This week, we got those two dudes from the Hobby Update. Get excited for that. Let's talk a little pro wrestling. I just realized how hot it was going to be in Vegas for SummerSlam. It is going to be a scorcher. It really is. I, uh, I'm realizing that quite quickly, how freaking hot it's going to be, but I can't wait. AEW announced All Out Weekend in Chicago. They're doing Dynamite, Rampage on Friday, and AEW All Out on Sunday. I'm going to Chicago. I got to get my stuff in before the, before the baby comes. And holy shit, did you guys see Sammy Guevara versus MJF on Dynamite this week? Even if you don't watch wrestling, go watch this damn match. Incredible. I'm waiting for Upper Deck and A, uh, AEW card news. If you are by chance, just by chance, and I've emailed them. I've emailed their media team. Help me out here. You can help me out. If you, are, if you work at Upper Deck and you listen to Stacking Slabs, first of all, thank you for, uh, for your products. That has just given me so much nostalgia over the years. I appreciate that. But I, I, know, the, I know the news isn't out yet. But I know AEW, you're doing a, the AEW cards. If you work at Upper Deck, help me out. I want to promote these cards, okay? I want to be the number one promoter of AEW upper deck cards, okay? Stacking slab spot. I don't do do sponsorships. 
I don't, right? This is an ad-free show, (laughs) self-funded. But what I can tell you is if I can get access to somebody at AEW, somebody at Upper Deck, maybe both, direct message me. Email me, stackingslabs at gmail.com. If you are out there, I want to be the number one promoter in the entire world because I am an AEW fanatic. I've been on Team All Elite from day one, okay? Been to the pay-per-views. I was in Chicago for Revolution. I was in Chicago for All Out. Been to Dynamite several times. I love AEW. You're speaking to me. I'm the demo. I'm in the demo, and I've got a podcast where I talk about cards, and I try to bring awareness to wrestling cards, okay? I want to be the number one promoter of AEW's Upper Deck cards. So if you're out there and you work at Upper Deck, you know someone at Upper Deck, you work at All Elite Wrestling, you know someone at All Elite Wrestling, give me a shout-out. Stacking Slabs, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Twitter, you can email me, stackingslabs at gmail.com. I promise you this, there will not be a bigger advocate and promoter of the product. I promise you that. So hit me up. Hit me up. There's a lot of energy there. I'm fired up about it. Let's talk about wrestling cards while we're at it, damn it. All right, so I love this arena, and I've got a ton of passion towards it. It's a community of people. It's growing. It's building. I love the actors. I love how everyone helps each other out. There's so much opportunity. There was a hell of a sale, and this is why I know the the hobby and this segment of the hobby is popping off because because a card sold this week that no one saw, or not this week, I think it was a couple weeks ago, it was posted this week, and everyone said, this was on eBay? How did this go? So The Rock, Topps Chrome Heritage Superfractor, which is important, it's the first Chromium Superfractor card, The Rock BGS 9.5, sold for just over 2K, which... Let me tell you this right now. Tell the whole universe. If I saw that card for 2K or 2,500, whatever it went for, I would, my jaw would have dropped and I would have hit buy it now in two seconds. BGS 9.5. Because I believe in the significance of Chromium cards, modern day legends, first sets, super fractors, the rock, like it checked every box imaginable. The owner of this card, Sorry, I don't have your Twitter handle in front of me, but congratulations. You won. You beat us all. But man, everyone who I've talked to has said the same thing, and that's when you know you've got something special going on. All right, I want to close it out with this here really quick. So I put a post up last week, and it said, like, what is your favorite prism, chromium year of all time design? I got to tell you, like, I'm so I'm so overwhelmed by the data and I can't even synthesize it because I got so many responses and it was like so overwhelming and it was there wasn't like everyone had such a different opinion. So I'm going to just call out some years real quick that got mentioned more than 3 times, okay? So you've got 94 finest so I, I, when I thought I, I saw that card go up immediately, I think thought I'm in the Michael Jordan 45, 96 finest, immediately the Kobe Bryant card, which is incredible. Uh, 97 finest. 
I like the MJ. I think it's the uh, finishers, maybe insert, I think. He's in the black jersey. That card rules. Um, and then 2003 finest, obviously rookie year of LeBron. And then 2004 finest, which is mask LeBron. So there's that. On the Chrome side, 96 got mentioned, obviously, because of Kobe. 98, 98 Chrome. I think about, I think about the, uh, the dirt card in that one. 2008 Chrome. That's a powerhouse set. You've got the Chalk Toss LeBron. You've got the Kobe LeBron card. 2009. And then Prism, 2012. Obviously, you know the reason why. But like the punchline of this is everyone likes, has such a very, there's no, no clear cut refractor Prism opinion. Like everybody has just so much love for every year, which I think is cool. Shout out to Chromium cards. Close this thing out right now. For many, this isn't our primary focus. We, we prioritize family, career, and time spent with friends. We run 100 miles an hour and take on tremendous stress. Time spent with cards is cherished and serves as an escape. Hobby time off is protected. No need for noise. That is a reminder that this is a freaking escape. Let's enjoy it. Let's be positive. Let's have fun. Let's do whatever we can in our world to make the hobby a better place. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I really appreciate all the support. Stacking slabs. Let's go. I'll talk to you soon. Hobby Hustle this Friday. Shay, Max, Hobby Update Team. Peace out. <laughs>